welcome to Lewis in Space. On this podcast, I talk to people about games, their history with games, their current relationship to games, and then a particular game every week that we can dig into specifically what they love, like, or hate about it. On this week's episode, I talk to my friend Dana about Gone Home. Before we get started, a quick thank you to Visager for creating this awesome theme song. You can check out more of their work at visager.bandcamp.com. Enjoy! To begin, do you want to, can you just talk to me a little bit about what you think of video games? Like, when was yes. the first time you played a video yeah, game? Yeah, sure. Were? Um, so, when was the first, okay, so here's my history with video games. As a kid, video games were prohibited, not allowed, only played by kids whose parents didn't care about them, was the message in my household. Then, my brother turned maybe 10, and my grandparents were permitted by my parents to get him video games, and they got him everything at once. So he got like every gaming system and every game all for Christmas one year. And I assume until then he had really wanted them. Yes, he had really wanted them. Actually, I think bef- I think the Christmas before that we were not permitted video game systems, but we were permitted Game Boys. And Jack and I both got Game Boys, and so did our Uncle Al, and we all played Pokemon together. So that was like step one. Was Wait, game you played Boys. with your uncle? Yeah, my brother and my uncle and we all played Pokemon. We had red and blue, and I think Jack had red and I had blue, and then we had gold and silver, and Jack had silver and I had gold, and like. And you loved it. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't play anything else at the time. And then also, like, my cousins played video games, and I was always required to play, and I was always bad at it. So, like, um, what's... There's a game that's, like, really famous, and it's just people fighting each other on, like, a platform. Street Fighter? Not Super Fighter. Smash Brothers. Not Super Smash Brothers. Tekken. Maybe Tekken. Um, Is there Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. That's really <laughs> the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I know there's a K. I know there's a prominent K. Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat, which was just like a game that I did not like, but had to pretend to like as a kid. And your brother loved it. Yeah, well, and I was the only girl. Like, there, my girl, my, I only had a couple of girl cousins that are way older than me, so it was just like me and a bunch of boys. Um, and Mario Kart, too. I was really bad at Mario Kart as a kid. Um, and so, okay, so that, Game Boy, then Jack got all these video game systems. And they were definitely for him and not for me, uh, which was definitely like a girl thing. Like, I was a girl, so I didn't get video games. Nobody assumed I wanted them. I didn't assume I wanted them. You didn't assume you wanted them? Yeah. What about your friends? Definitely friends with brothers who played video games, mm-hmm. but not friends who played video games. And then, like, because Jack had the systems, then there were, like, some games that I would play with him occasionally. Uh, this was later on, but, like, Bioshock is a really memorable one of that. Oh, my God, That's yeah. like, yeah. Like, I remember playing... I specifically remember Jack had, like, a TV, like, sort of, like, bare... He must have made some kind of, like, a cave in his room out of, like... He had, like, a loft bed, and there was, like, some stuff, like, propped up in very... So, when you were playing a video game, you were, like, low and in the dark. And I remember playing Bioshock and being really scared. Bioshock like, is really perfect for that, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, various games that I just played because he had them and either wanted me to play with him or... I wanted to play. Um, then later on, there was like every now and then a game that was for me, like Animal Crossing. Yes. Uh, I was so, ad- actually still, I actually don't think I could play Animal Crossing now as an adult because it's like so slow and like you kind of have to play it like every day. Yeah. What were your activities in Animal Crossing? There was like no activity. But would you like be into the home designing stuff? Yeah. You? I was into the home designing stuff. Yeah. That's basically what there is. Yeah. It's like. You- well, there's also talk to your neighbors. Okay, yeah, but it, my neighbors were just my brother, and he already lived in my house. It was like, he had his little house, I had my little house. I played every day. He played, like, once a year. There was, like, I could never talk to him. 
And then there's your animal neighbors. Yeah. But they never have anything interesting to say. No, they're just like, they just been? give you chores and you do them and you get stuff to decorate your house. I must have played other games that had this feature, but I really, there's like a specific category of things where you get to go to the dump and get stuff out of the dump. <laughs> and I love that. I should actually backtrack and say, okay, so now I'm like recategorizing stuff in my head because before the Game Boys also, we had computer games. As a very small child, you played Millie's Math House. I don't know what that is. There's no reason for you to. Is um, it like Math Blasters? Maybe. Do you know what Math Blasters is? I don't know what Math Blasters is. <laughs> it's a game that teaches you math. Yeah, so this is the same thing. Millie is a moose. There's a couple different games you can play in her house. They teach you math. It's for babies. I was a baby at the time. Mm-hmm. We had a really old Apple computer mm-hmm. back when it was called a Macintosh. Mm-hmm. Um, this was like definitely important in my life because like my parents split up and then my dad lived in his own place. And there were lots of ways in which he was like definitely buying our love. Mm-hmm. And one of them was computer games. In a way that's like, I say that as if it's like a bad thing, but also like it was totally sweet and like there was lots of stuff that we were only allowed to have at dad's house. Mm-hmm. So there I had Freddy Fish. Yes. This was the same kind of thing where like I, Jack and I always had like parallel things. Like we never shared things, but we had like, so I had Freddy Fish and Jack had Putt-Putt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we totally both played both games. Yeah. But Freddy Fish was for me and yeah. Putt-Putt was for him. What was the thing in Freddy Fish you collected? Like the urchins? Yeah, sea urchins. Sea urchins, right, Purple right. sea urchins. And they and had like a different crazy? line of dialogue for every sea urchin you find. Yeah. Where he's like, another urchin. <laughs> Exactly the intonation. Yeah. The thing that's crazy is like, so I told you I went on this trip to the Dominican Republic. Yes. And we saw real sea urchins. They're crazy. In the ocean. Yeah. And they're, you, they're. You sharp. can't pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I had, like, the, is the whole, my whole understanding of sea urchins comes from Freddy Fish. Yeah. So. Which is that like, they're like, is, they're like the really Romans. soft and friendly and yeah. like evoke a and, positive response. Yeah. And, and that they're, they're currency. Like currency. Yeah. <laughs> But they're valuable to somebody. So I'm like looking around the ocean floor, I'm like, there's so many of these. I'm a millionaire. So I love those games. I can still, Freddy Fish, I can't remember the theme song for, but I remember we had Putt Putt Travels Through Time and it went, Putt Putt Travels Through Time. <laughs> I'll never forget that my whole life. Then later, the computer games that I played on my own were Civilization, big mm-hmm. time. The Sims, big time. Sim mm-hmm. City, big mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now hold on a second. Yeah, okay. You've given me so many. Yeah. Already, I imagine that you've had a lot more experience with video games than most people. So, like, you say that, and, like, maybe, but compared to the people I know who, like, think of themselves as, gamers. like, gamers. Yes. It's, like, nothing. Yeah. Also, because, like, if I ever played a game, so, A, like, a lot of these are computer games, which, as I said, like, in my mind are... Well, that's so interesting, because culturally, in video game yeah. culture, computer games are, in some ways, more legitimate than... Because you could play more complex games like Civilization. Yeah. Civilization is an intense game to play casually. Yeah. Even though it is structured like turn-based, it's just like kind yeah. of a board game that you play on your computer. Yeah. Civilization, it would be like a new, like, Civilization 3 came out. You know, I would get that. And that one I would usually buy for myself. And it came not only like a, like a DVD box, but the DVD box came inside like a box the size of a board game box. It was like mm-hmm. a big box that you would get. And you would take it all apart. You put the CD in, it would be like installing in 24 hours. <laughs> and so you'd be like, all I want is to play this game that I just tried to install, but now I have to wait a full day. And so you'd read the manual. And the manual, so for example, for Civilization was really complex. And you had to like really learn all these rules that the game itself was not designed to teach you. So like now I think mm-hmm. usually tutorials built into the game if the yes. tutorial is required. I'm sure there was some level of tutorial in those games, but it was definitely assumed that you were going to read this physical book. 
And now that's definitely not an assumption. And that's definitely not an assumption because you don't buy anything physical when you buy a game most of the time. Well, also because you can imagine how much... How many people just gave up when faced yeah. that daunting task? Right. Yeah. They want more people to play the game, right. so they'll make so it like, easier. Okay, to learn. you don't have to read the book. Yeah. You can just start playing, and we'll teach you. As you just go listen on. to this song, yeah. and you'll get it. <laughs> yeah. I love like those really like complex, strategic. I like games that did not require like fast action. Yes. They required like thinking and strategy. Stop playing and then pick up. And I liked open-ended games that like Civilization. You can win. Right. Like SimCity and The Sims, like you can't win those games. Right. You just keep playing them forever. Yeah, and it's like Harvest Moon and Animal Crossing. Yeah, exactly. But like Pokemon, you can win too. You can win. There's totally. a competitive nature to Pokemon. Yeah, there is a competitive nature to Pokemon. But Pokemon also does not require you to do anything quickly. Even if you just need to sit there and decide which move you're. Well, that's one of the things that I think I always liked about Pokemon, even yeah. as a kid and even mm-hmm. as I grew up and play occasionally with the latest stuff, yeah. is that not only does it allow you to take your own sweet time, but it really feels like. Even though you can win and there's definitely like, mm-hmm. you should win, you should be the best, you should yeah. beat everybody who you fight. Yeah. There's definitely a thing of like... Did you just paraphrase the Pokemon song? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the, you know, the famous song, yeah, like, you should win, you should beat them. Yeah. You, well, you should win, you should win, you should beat everyone you fight. Yeah, is, exactly. Is the, how the song is goes. The, yeah. um, Basically. But, but then I think that game, like, very, in, its, in the very nature of its, like... In the very nature of its art and mm-hmm. the way the world is presented to you, mm-hmm. it's about the journey. Right. It's about being a kid and right. exploring and exactly. learning and, and finding stuff yeah. too. Like every time you have battles, because you found something. Yeah, exactly. So that was like another parallel thing. Was like, I Jack always had a Charmander and I always had a Squirtle. Would you still divide it up that way? Or are you still a Squirtle fan? I think so. And actually, I think my dad would call us. Charmander and Squirtle. Wait, have you seen... So, I don't know how much people really realize this. What are you trying to show me? I want to show you the the game that's coming out this fall. These are the three starter Pokemon. Like the new Poke, the new um, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and yeah. Charmander. Mm-hmm. This is what they look like. Whoa. So, which one would you choose based on the appearance? I would choose the owl one. With the bow tie, right? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, okay, so if, are, are we about to transition into Gone Home to talk? This is your show. Okay, so here's, here's <laughs> the way I think we should talk about this. Okay. I don't think we should talk about spoilers Okay. until the very end, at mm-hmm. which point, like after a few minutes of this, then we say like... Like if somebody wanted to play the game, would you yes, be like... Yes, because essentially time? what this is, is I think we both recommend yeah. that people play the game. Yes, I think so too. So I think, it would, and it would not be doing them a service to talk about how it ends. Yeah. What is Gone Home? You want me to answer that question? Yeah, just tell me what it is. Okay, so Gone Home is a video game that you can play on the PlayStation. I got it for free. Wow. By downloading it. Okay. It happened to be on a sale where, I think it was free. It was on sale for free. And it's not your PlayStation. No, it's Eric's PlayStation in my house. Eric's been trying to get me to play something on the PlayStation for a long time. And I've been like receptive in theory, but like not really in practice. And so eventually he was like, you should play this game Gone Home. It's award winning. And... He described the, like, sort of structure of it to me as, like, being the kind of game where you walk around and you look for stuff and you pick stuff up and you basically follow clues, which he has not played it. This is, like, his understanding based on the fact that he watches these millions of YouTube videos of other people playing video games mm-hmm. and reviewing video games and talking about video games. Um, but I was like, that sounds like the kind of, kind of game that I would enjoy. So, basically, it's a game where you walk around a house and you pick stuff up and you look at it and by combining information gleaned from looking at all the stuff you start to understand a story of the character that you're playing in the game 
in her system. Mm-hmm. Is that good enough? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can also... I don't know how much the game establishes to you right off the bat, but there is a little bit more context. Like, they tell you what year it is and, like, oh, the yeah. nature so of, like, who you are. Like, there's a definite setting. At it's the not beginning. like you're, like, time warped into another person's body and you're no. like, where am I? Where am I? Yeah. No, no, no. It's definitely, like, it's set up so that, like, you, in the context of this world, know who you are. Yeah. And you know what, like, you've been away for a year because you've been in Europe, and it's the 90s, which is, like, both smart and fun. Because, like, today, if you went away for a year, nothing mysterious could happen. <laughs> but but in, the, in the 90s, if you went away for a year, there's no... Like, you're not sending any emails. Well, you're yeah. not looking at your it's Facebook. It's not just that something mysterious would happen. It was like, the game would be five minutes long. It'd be like, what happened to my sister? Oh, I don't know her passcode. Yeah, okay. exactly. Like, that would, be, that would be it. Yeah, exactly. And the whole game would just be like, can I figure out her passcode? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, it's a cool setup because, yeah. So, it's the 90s and you're away for a year. So, there's evidence that you've been, like, communicating via postcard with your family. But, like, nothing substantial, really, has been communicated. And there's no phone calls because it's like you wouldn't make that kind of long distance call. Um, I mean, there are a few phone calls, but like, you know. You mean voicemails? Yeah, there's right? a few voicemails, but yeah. a voicemail implies a phone call, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, I'm just saying another important part of the game is that you never really, or you, it, it doesn't seem yeah. like you will ever interact with another person. You are in the house no, by yourself. There's no other people, which is part of what I really enjoyed about it because the tone of the game is very scary, mysterious. But you know that there's never going to be a jump scare. Which I really appreciate. Like sometimes the fun. Well, you look like there was something. Well, there was one jump scare that was a jump scare for me. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I forget where or how I was playing this game, but the moment where you find the uncles or somebody's like secret compartment in the basement. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And like, isn't it like a? There's like a there's like a scary picture or something when you first open the door. But it's not a jump scare. It's like you open the door and it's scary inside. So, like, yes, that happens, but it was, like, every time you get to a door, you're, like, oh, God, it might be scary inside, and then sometimes it is. Yeah. But you know you're never going to be just, like, walking down the hallway and, like, a person jumps out right, at you. Right, right, you right, You know, right. which happens in a lot of games. Yes. Like, oh, my God, all these in third graders that I teach play Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. So, I can't say I've played that game, but, like, but I, played, I played that game for, like, five minutes, <laughs> and it was way too scary for me. So, I don't understand how third graders play no. it, but they're obsessive. They have t-shirts. They drop pictures of it. It's well, like, you no. know, Five Nights at Freddy's is a masterclass in uh, viral marketing because not only is the game play-wise addicting, yeah. but the story yeah. and the whole setting of it is deep, yeah. deep, 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 deep. Like, there's a, if you get obsessed with it, there, yeah. is, there are la- layers to it, yeah. which is weird because the game is as simple as it's can be. It's really simple. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is... Gone Home is a very different kind of scary from Five Nights at Freddy's. And I found it... And I noticed, actually, that there's a setting you can put on where the lights all start on. And I almost considered choosing that setting because I did I really didn't like walking around in the dark. But shortly after I realized that setting was there, I figured out how to turn on all the lights that have a double button. Yeah. Like some of them have an old style yeah. light switch. Yeah. And I didn't realize how close you had to get to that light switch to turn it on. So I just thought I couldn't turn lights on. Mm. And I was walking around in the dark all the time. Oh. Which was scary. Yes. So once I figured out how to turn on the lights, which also is like a strategy point because it can remind you which rooms you've been in. Yeah. Um but once I figured that out, I didn't need to change the setting. But I appreciated that it was there. Like, the game can be... Like, it is scary. And the thunder makes sounds. And, like, 
the TV, like sometimes you walk down the hall like, and there's a flickering light at the end of the hall and you don't know what it is and you get there and it's that a TV is on. But it's scary in a very realistic way. It's like, scary in the way walking around your own exactly, home at night can at be night scary. scary. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so one thing that actually I think is important in discussing what the game is, is that you're walking around this house, you're picking stuff up, you're looking at it. A lot of what you're picking up is letters or written documents. Yes. But certain things when you pick them up you like mysteriously magically obtain a journal entry oh, audibly yeah. from your sister. Yes. Right? And so the story, what you're trying to do in the game is to figure out what happened to your sister. Well, okay, but this is implicit. Yeah. It's never says, like, the game doesn't start up and it's like, hey, the game ends when you find out what happened to your sister. Okay, but the game starts where you find a letter on the door that says, don't look for me. <laughs> Love Sam. And we all know <laughs> so, well, like, how we millennials react to instruction. There's not really anything. Like, if you disregard that note, there's literally nothing to do in the game. <laughs> like you, Okay, back to Europe I go. <laughs> but you can't even because the front door doesn't open. Right. <laughs> so you have to go around the house and figure out what happened to this sister. Um, so the th one thing that I disagreed with in the way that the game was structured. And I don't know if you want to hear this right now, but I'm going to say it right now. Is it a spoiler? No, it's not a spoiler. It's that the journal entries are a critical part of understanding, of getting to the goal, right? So if the goal is figure out what happened to my sister, most of the information is conveyed through these journal entries, which are heard, but are not an actual object in the house. Mm -hmm. So you don't ever find a journal entry, pick it up and read it. You find like a bottle of hair dye, pick it up and you magically obtain this journal entry. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Which ultimately is sort of like explained in the narrative of the game, but which to me diminished the like problem-solving, mystery-solving yeah. aspect of it. Well, the game does a lot more to make you feel like you're all you've got is this house, and all right. you've got is your ability to open doors. Right. Mm -hmm. And with that, you should find... Be, you are equipped with enough to right. learn about your sister, but I guess it now imbues you with this other... Right. ...force that is not literal. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because the... Yeah. So if you so if the game but had said, the like, find the journal entries, entries, you would have been like, okay, I'll look in her diaries. I'll yeah. look in her, like, exactly, backpack, right. you know? Like, like, maybe they're ripped out. Maybe they're yeah. here. Maybe the diary is scattered all over the house. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. What's interesting is that at the end, you find the journal. Right? Oh, That's how yes. the game ends. Right, right, right. I right. thought you might not remember that. I, well, I haven't played in two years. I know. I know you haven't. Yeah. But that's why I'm saying, like, it's a detail. But So it's critical to thinking about, like, what the journal entries actually are or mean in that at the end of the game you find the journal that had all the entries in it, and that's how the game ends. So it's this sort of like weird meta time thing where it's like you're looking through the house and you're like doing the opposite of remembering the journal entries, which is that like it's as if the action of the game is a memory mm. that you're having while you're reading the journal. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it can't be that because in every other way, that's not what the game is. Exactly. So it's like these two sort of simultaneous. And I don't really have a problem with that construct, that idea that like time is sort of going in both directions for the game. But it bothered me that I didn't have to, that most of the things in the game, I didn't have to actually find in order to get to the journal. Mm. You know, that like the only things you had to find were the documents that opened certain doors in the house because you had to get to the attic to get the journal. 
you had to do, you had to get somewhere else to get the key to the attic. You had to get to the basement, you had to get the key. So there were certain things you had to get just to move around the house in order to unlock the attic. By the way, I think up until mentioning the attic, we can say all of this. Okay. I think it's okay to say at the end of the game, you find the journal. Okay. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, that's why I was actually saying, I don't think that the end of the game was in any way a surprise because... Well, I don't know. I mean, what you were what we were just saying about yeah. the scary nature of the house. Mm-hmm. There are some people who think that what you're about to find in the attic is her it's hanging her. body. I that's what I thought. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, it's not impossible that we're going to find her body. It seems based on like how well received the game is mm. and the tone of the rest of the game. I don't think a game with that tone all the way through and that abrupt uh, leap to the ending, like the tone of basically like realistic, scary house plus 90s nostalgia plus general nostalgia is the tone of the whole game. And I think if it had ended with a dead body, the game would not have been received as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that shock would have put a lot of people off or at least made it more controversial. Yeah. Well, it would have cemented it more as a horror game. As a horror game, absolutely. So I felt pretty certain that it wasn't going to be the body. I remember reading reviews at the time yeah. that where it sounded like like video game reviews on video game sites yeah. where I could it sounded like the writer had just finished playing the game yeah. and just reached the catharsis of like oh thank god it's not her body like yeah. this game is amazing yeah. like they were like they felt like they were almost going to have to write a great review about a game that right. ends horribly horribly yeah uh, and they were like mm-hmm. they gave the game a great review just because they were relieved mm-hmm. that it didn't end that way right right so the reason why so then at the end you find the journal right and that's what it is that you find and the message at the end is like i'm gone now but i'm in a better place which does not imply she's dead. It, I think, literally implies that she's run away to be with this girl. Yeah. Which I found a little bit unsatisfying. Um, I did too. Yeah. But also, you didn't need anything in the house. Like, you could have played the whole game without picking anything up except the keys and the specific pieces of paper that told you how to unlock doors. And you could have found that journal and beat the game. You know? And does that bother you? That bothers me. Mm. I wanted there to be more mechanical importance to each piece of paper that I picked up. The people who made this game are mo- are uh, offshoots of a team that worked on Bioshock. Oh, I didn't know that. And Bioshock was, when Bioshock came out, mm-hmm. it was critically yeah. acclaimed for many reasons. Yeah. Um, and at, at the time it was like, this game is amazing, this game is amazing, this yeah. game is amazing. Uh, not because like you shoot things, you yeah. shoot things in every game, and not right. even because like you had powers, like yeah. you basically had powers in a lot of games. Yeah. But because there was a nature of the story that was exploratory, yeah. that you were like bringing the story up unto yourself. Right. And there was so much detail in the environment. I, that's what it totally was for yes. me. The detail in the environment, and that it was so like I was so brought into the environment, and it was so interesting yeah. imaginatively, and I loved. It. But the thing about Bioshock is that it's like only with the maturity of not just people who write yeah. about video games, but the people who play video games, the people who make video games, yeah. that I think only now do we look back on Bioshock mm-hmm. and we say, oh, it was only good because of that exploration mm-hmm. exploration thing. Yeah. And if the game had just been that, it would have been a better game. Yeah. And there was no need to shoot or, or kill yeah. things in that game. So to be honest, like I have a really strong like feeling memory of Bioshock. Like I remember exactly how I felt playing that game. 
And I remember exactly what the game looked like. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember anything about any plot or game mechanics. Mm -hmm. uh, before, I just want to correct myself on the record. Because it's not... Okay. It's that um, certain members of this team, of the team that founded the company, and I think this game was this company's first game. Okay. Can you had, say the name of the company? Uh, Fulbright. The Fulbright okay. Company. Okay. Um, yeah, we should do that. That's nice. No, I just literally meant for myself, but also like, yes, you should oh, yeah. say the name. Some members of that team or the people who mm -hmm. founded that company had worked on um, story content for the sequel to Bioshock. Okay. So there's a connection, but not a 100% connection. Right. And actually, like, I, I way overblown it, blew yeah. it when I say that, said that yeah. people. But I do think there is still a theme there that's yeah. worth exploring, which is that I think people latch on to Bioshock the same reason they latch on to Gone Home, but Gone yeah. Home is an evolution of the storytelling of Bioshock. Absolutely. I think also both of them are scary in a in a way that at least I find really enjoyable yes. and like like thrilling, but not um, like not anxiety inducing, right. you know, I, like, and like um, yeah. like stimulating, yes. like imaginatively stimulating. Yes, 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 and scary, which like, is like my favorite. I don't play you know? horror. I don't like yeah. horror movies. I don't play horror. I do mm -hmm. not play horror games. And horror mm -hmm. games is like that's a very specific type of thing. But I've played but yeah. I was shocked. I bought into the marketing and I bought into the writing about yeah. it because the people who were writing about it communicated to me that it is like this is this is scary yeah. in a sort of wonderful way yeah. and like what you find on the other side is yeah. scary but it's also sort of like amazing. Yeah. Gone Home strikes me as really interesting for theater people in particular because mm -hmm. I think that immersive theater can learn a lot from Gone Home and mm -hmm. I think the nature of exploration in Gone Home and the mm -hmm. nature of the way that you experience something like Sleep No More mm -hmm. are incredibly similar. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very personal. Mm -hmm. It's very artifact-based. Mm -hmm. It's very, like, there are tangential storylines that you sort of experience mm -hmm. as you want to experience them and just as willing as you're, as much as you're willing to be patient with the world. and. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I have not seen Sleep No More specifically, but I have been involved both as an audience member and as a creator in immersive theater. Okay. Um, and recently I've been really interested since... Uh, so I did escape the room for the first time. Oh my god! Okay. At a birthday party. Um, it's the only way you can really do it. It's the only way. I cannot say I did the original escape the room. Which what is, is like, the original escape? It's basically an original. Like so, somebody started escape the room. Mm -hmm. um, as like, I mean, it's an art project of a different medium than like you couldn't call it theater and you couldn't call it installation art. It's its own thing. So somebody did escape the room and then it got really successful and then a bunch of other people did like room escape nyc Ugh. or like 212 escape you know so all these sort of offshoots that are the same medium but different companies producing them so i can't remember which one we did but the concept of it is you go into a room the door gets locked and you have to get yourself out um and in the process of getting yourself out a story is told oh so it's very similar to gone home and that you're not interacting with anybody and you're not watching a narrative unfold you're creating and realizing a narrative by touching objects um cool so i became like really excited about making my own escape the room <laughs> which i'm like so you want to make your own offshoot like a comic i do okay, except i want to make it just for my friends but right now i have this empty room in my apartment so i really <laughs> could do it but it it just sort of made me think about how um 
you know, uh, when you think about theater, there, you think that there need to be live performers, right? That it's not really theater if they're not any live performers. Um, and so Escape the Room doesn't have any live performers in the same way that Gone Home doesn't have any other people in it or any characters of any kind. Um, and it's not really art. It's not really visual art because it doesn't happen without your participation. So I guess it's like participatory installation art that reveals a narrative. So it's like this whole thing. And that's sort of what Gone Home is. And so I think there's like an interesting connection in those two worlds. And I would love to see more games like Gone Home and more complicated games like Gone Home and games with a more urgent objective structured like Gone Home. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, in Escape the Room, you have to get yourself out of the room. Yeah. In Gone Home, you're just like, let me figure this well, out. Well, to tie it all the way back to the beginning, you can lose Escape the Room. You can lose Escape the Room. You can't lose Gone Home. Exactly. You just keep playing until you win or you get bored. But what I'm saying is, like, could you just play Gone Home until you got bored? You could, but you'd have to get bored really... I mean, you'd have to be not into the game at all. Because it doesn't take that long to win it. It's interesting because I was about to say like you could drop out of the game at any point and sort of just take away the story that you got and be like eh, that's the story. That's enough. But, and I was going to say like that's kind of similar I guess to like a book where you just be mm-hmm. like I got the story I got. But the thing about a book is you can see how many pages are left. Like you know where the exactly. ending is and you know your relationship to the ending. In a game yeah. you really, in, in most games actually you really don't. You don't. And in this game especially because there's yeah. no like there's no clear progression of how close right. you are to the ending right. in the narrative way or a physical way. Yeah. I think knowing that it's like, at least for me, about an hour and a half long game makes it really easy to get to the end. And that, I just found this, you know, the story's compelling. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, that's a good segue because I love that we've talked so much about the mechanics of the game yeah. and how it works and how it works as a story and how it works as a game. Yeah. But something that we haven't talked about, and I'm kind of glad we haven't talked mm-hmm. about because this is not what I'm equipped to do, is the yeah. actual story. Yeah. The actual characters that it depicts and, like, their experiences. Yeah. I, w- I couldn't review the game outright yeah. in talking about the story. I thought it was great. Did, yeah. What did you think of the story? I thought it was great, too. And as we were saying that, I was, like, ready to say something like, if they made a book of it, I'd read it. If they made a movie of it, I'd watch it. But then I realized, like, I wouldn't really because the narrative is pretty simple. Yes. It's too simple and too short for a book or a movie or even an episode of a TV show. But it works really well in this medium because it's the length of you experiencing it and it's the simplicity of you experiencing it and if you were just watching it it would feel too simple or too short but feeling it play out it was really interesting and I think it's a a timely and worthwhile and to a certain extent like politically interesting and historically interesting story Um, but also just like not just for the context of where we are politically and historically, right. but also for video games as a medium, by the way. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I could feel that. Um, I mean, honestly, Eric and I have this conversation all the time where I'm like, I don't want to play a video game where I can't play a girl. Yeah. You know? And part of me is like, that's dumb. You shouldn't have that thing. But also, like, I hate... And in Gone Home, you can only play a girl, which is like, yeah. <laughs> I think that was actually the first thing that Eric told me about it. And you was were like, you could oh, only play a girl. And I was like, sold. <laughs> you know what's interesting? This is too uh-huh. much of a tangent, but I do think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I was reading, I don't know how much you care about South Park. Um, care, little. Knowledge, medium. Okay. The South Park guys made a South Park video game a yeah. few years ago that was like 
they voiced yeah. it, they wrote it. Uh-huh. It's like true, true South Park. Yeah. Um, and they made this game and it got great reviews. Yeah. It's very true to the ethos of South Park, very true to the writing. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, it's like season yeah. whatever number right. in a video game. Huh. They they talked very openly about how hard it was to make that game and how it's like, yeah. yes, it's a new medium. Of course it's right. hard and it took them years. And, right. uh, but they're making a sequel, and which uh-huh. is surprising because like they were very vocal. These guys yeah. tend to be very vocal and candid right. about their work, yeah. um, about how hard it was. And they're making a sequel. Yeah. And I had read in a brief Entertainment Weekly review that, um, or I'm sorry, Entertainment Weekly interview, mm-hmm. that in the sequel they decided that you can choose to play as a girl, which you couldn't do in the first mm-hmm. game. And they said, and they had a really interesting commentary yeah. on this, but I think it was interesting because they are outsiders yeah. in the video game world. They said, we had considered letting you play as a girl in the first uh-huh. game, but you're playing as fourth grade boys. Right. And if you were all of a sudden a girl, that would change the entire story. Yeah. Characters would treat you differently. Right. Your relationship to the to your goals would be completely uh-huh. different. And at that point, we were like, at the point that we realized, oh shit, like yeah. maybe you should play as a girl. We would have to change the whole game. Yeah. And so now we're building it with that from the outset, and it does change the game, yeah. which is interesting because of what you just said. There are games you can play as a girl, yeah. but none of them, to my knowledge, change the game. Right. Yeah. Which is the most interesting part. Right. Mostly, it's either if there's a game where you can play as a boy or a girl, it's like you can play as a boy, or you can play as a girl that's just like a boy <laughs> with long hair. <laughs> And a waste. Which is like, you know, you know <laughs> I tend to be like, let's be cautious about the way that South Park says that girls, right. little girls should be treated. Right. But it's like, but more I power to them for realizing it does change the it story. Does. And I think that's like an incredibly valuable thing to think about, like how you're treated by other people, how you see the world, how you experience the world, and that that's different, whether you're male or female. Yes. Um, but I think a lot of video games are so based in fantasy that it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can imagine yourself as a girl in this world who doesn't get treated that way. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, if that's imaginable, like, if you can imagine that you're a boy with superpowers, why can't you just be a girl also with superpowers where everything is the same as if you were a boy? Right. I will, okay. Yeah. We do have any, uh, I think we should, yeah. I have a button. Mm-hmm. Alright, I have a, a last thing that I would say, mm-hmm. um, which is that I have thought of something that I would recommend that you play after Gone Home. Okay. It's a game called Firewatch. Okay. I don't know if uh, Eric has told you anything about it. I can't remember. It's a game you can also play on PlayStation, which is why I thought of it, so okay. you wouldn't have to try that hard, and I think it's maybe 20 bucks. Great. Uh, I have 20 bucks on PlayStation. It may be more expensive than that. But it is also yeah. similarly... Uh, it's similar in that you're playing first person as a character, mm-hmm. uh, and most of your interaction with the world is limited to walk around and touch things. Uh-huh. Uh, I like that. But Are there jump scares? There are not jump scares. Okay. I like that. God, I could talk. I could keep talking about this for hours. I should. Mm-hmm. We should do this again. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you for doing this. Yes. Thank okay. you for doing this. This was fun.